Gail Trotter, a conservative voice for you, right inside our nation's capital. Legal and political analysis. Now, The Gail Trotter Show. Hi, I'm Gail Trotter, host of The Gail Trotter Show. Today, we have a, such an important topic to discuss. It's how the deep state victimized General Mike Flynn. Last week, we had a shell shocker filing in the court overseeing General Flynn's case. This filing shows how top leadership at the Federal Bureau of Investigation targeted General Flynn. They threw out justice, truth, policy, and procedure to try and take down a 33-year combat veteran because he was Trump's national security advisor and he knew where the bodies were buried, as KT McFarland said. This important filing lays out so much vital information and it is so comprehensive that I'm going to break it down into two episodes for you. Today, we're gonna to cover the facts in the filing and tomorrow we will cover the legal issues. I have three points on this filing to share with you of my read of the filing and the larger points that I think it, it displays. Point one, the investigation of General Flynn was flawed from the very beginning. The filing says that there were three reasons why the FBI started a counterintelligence investigation into General Flynn called Crossfire Razor, which was part of the larger Crossfire Hurricane investigation. Those three reasons are, number one, General Flynn's service as a foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. Number two, publicly documented connection of General Flynn to state-affiliated Russian entities. And three, the fact that General Flynn traveled to Russia in 2015. You might remember the protestations that Trump's campaign was not being investigated, and we heard from many talking heads on networks like CNN and MSNBC that they were upset that President that President Trump could even suggest that when he was a candidate that his campaign was being investigated. He continued to say that after he was elected, and it made the elites and the talking heads so upset at at. President Trump, but the truth was they were investigating his campaign, and one of the three reasons by the government given for starting the counterintelligence investigation of General Flynn was that he was the foreign policy advisor to the Trump campaign. So you can see that this is very thin gruel to start a counterintelligence investigation of a political campaign, particularly given the fact that we know the people who were behind this counterintelligence probe did not want Donald Trump to be elected president of the United States. My second point to share with you today, the investigation, even though it was flawed from the beginning, they were trying to investigate General Flynn. Even with four months of investigation, it yielded no evidence against General Flynn and it was about to be closed. The FBI had said that they didn't have any information. They were going to close the investigation. They even drafted a closing communication memo stating what they had found and why they were closing it. But Comey, McCabe, Strzok, and Page, they resurrected the investigation from the dead to frame General Flynn for a crime that they wouldn't even be able to prove in court because there was no crime that happened. So after four months of investigating General Flynn, 
The FBI prepared to close the investigation. They drafted a closing communication to, to terminate the case. They mentioned that the original goal of the investigation was to see whether, quote, Flynn was directed and controlled by and or coordinated activities with the Russian Federation, which is a threat to our national security or a possible violation of the Foreign Agent Registration Act, also known as FARA, or other related statutes, end quote. So the, as I said before, the investigation yielded no derogatory information on Flynn. This was in the closing memo. And the closing memo said, no interview of Flynn is required. And the closing memo also said, if new information arises, they could reopen the investigation. But that would be reopening a closed investigation. So this memo was hanging out there. No action was taken on it to make sure it went through. It was not approved by January 4th, 2017, which as you might know, President Obama was still in the Oval Office and we had not gone through the inauguration of President Trump yet. So there were communications between General Flynn as the incoming national security advisor and the Russian ambassador to the U.S., Sergei Kislyak, in December of 2016, so right before President Trump was about to be inaugurated. The FBI always listens in on ambassadors from Russia who are in the United States to see what's going on. So the FBI had transcripts of these calls. And these were perfect calls. The incoming national security advisor, of course he'd be talking to the diplomat that he would be working with. And Russia is one of our biggest problem areas. So of course we are going to see an incoming national security advisor speaking to the Russian ambassador to the United States. However, the seventh floor, meaning the leadership of the FBI, thought of opening a criminal investigation based solely on these calls, but they did not. They did not because the only thing that they could dream up to think might possibly be some way they could tag General Flynn would be on this Logan Act. But the Logan Act was passed by Congress in 1799. Not a single person has been convicted under the Logan Act. So the seventh floor of the FBI, which we know is the leadership of the FBI, it's their little term of being able to refer to the leadership in kind of an insider way, they decided not to open a criminal investigation. So a counterintelligence investigation is very different than a criminal investigation. They had this counterintelligence investigation going against General Flynn, and they thought about opening this criminal investigation, but they did not because the Logan Act was the only thing they could fantasize about, and they knew that it would be difficult to prosecute. On January 4th, 2017, Peter Strzok, who was a high-level agent at the FBI, he learned and was so excited that the counterintelligence investigation had not been closed. As he communicated to another top FBI agent, Lisa Page, quote, it was serendipitously good news. And Lisa Page was surprised and renewed she was surprised and relieved. And we find out about this in this filing that I'm talking about. Strzok tells Page, 
our utter incompetence actually helps us. He seems proud. He's saying that the fact that the FBI didn't finish closing this case meant that they could tag onto it, bootstrap onto this investigation. He tells her, keep it open for now at the order of the seventh floor. So this tells you this was coming from the leadership of the FBI. This was not just Peter Strzok and Lisa Page having a frolic and detour. This was something that was coordinated with the seventh floor, according to Peter Strzok. He also said that we need to decide what to do with him, meaning General Flynn. So just think about that. He, he talked at this point about interviewing Flynn, and there was a lot of back and forth about whether or not they would interview Flynn at this point. And they kept the counterintelligence investigation open solely based on the calls with Kislyak, which I've already explained were perfect calls. There was no reason for General Flynn not to have those calls. There was nothing on the calls that implicated him in a crime, and yet they're using that as a basis to keep the counterintelligence uh, investigation of General Flynn open. So then on January 12th, 2017, which is right before President Trump is inaugurated, we see this leak to the Washington Post David Ignatius uh, publishes a column entitled, Why Did Obama Dawdle on Russia's Hacking? I will link to it down below. And it leaks the information about the General Flynn Kislyak call on December 29, 2016. And then, of course, the media jumps in and wants comments from the incoming White House. Sean Spicer said that this call between Flynn and Kislyak only concerned logistics. Of course, they go after Vice President Pence, incoming Vice President Pence, ask him to give comment on January 15, 2017. Mike Pence says that the call did not relate to the Obama-imposed sanctions on Russia. And at this point, we see all this scurrying about in, on the seventh floor of the FBI, meaning the leadership of the FBI. Comey, at this point, advised the Department of Justice of the investigation into Flynn. Remember, it's a counterintelligence investigation, not a criminal investigation. And the FBI and the Department of Justice expressed concerns that what Spicer and Pence had said, that their descriptions were not accurate of the call between Flynn and Kislyak. Remember, they had the transcripts of the call. Now, Comey, at this point, did not want to notify the White House of the Flynn-Kislyak communications. And remember, the entire point of a counterintelligence investigation is to give information to the president so that he can make foreign policy decisions and be informed in actually trying to provide for the common defense of our country and to protect the national security. Comey did not want to notify the White House of the Flynn-Kislyak communications. Sally Yates, who was the Deputy Attorney General, and other Department of Justice leaders, they wanted to notify the White House. They became frustrated that Comey changed his story when they were discussing it on why that information should be withheld from the White House. They said that it was a compromise of counter or I'm sorry, Comey told all these DOJ leaders that it was a compromise of counter of a counterintelligence investigation 
And then he would say it was a purported criminal investigation. So he's talking to very smart lawyers at the Department of Justice, and he's not giving them full information about whether it's a counterintelligence investigation or a criminal investigation. So either he was not informed himself or he was trying to hide what was really going on. We don't know that. We just have the information of the communications. So the deputy AG, Sally Yates, the director of national intelligence, the CIA director all said they agreed that the FBI should notify Trump and the administration of what was said on the calls. Comey refused. On January 23rd, 2017, Sally Yates met with other senior Department of Justice people and discussed the need to notify the White House. So they're continuing to have this discussion. And then dramatically on the day of the interview, January 24th, 2017, Sally Yates contacts James Comey to demand that the FBI notify the White House. Comey did not return her call until the agents were on their way to the White House to interview Flynn. Yates is flabbergasted and dumbfounded. The senior Department of Justice officials who are in the know about this operation, they hit the roof because they know that according to policy and procedure, this interview should have been coordinated with the Department of Justice. Peter Strzok was worried, however, that if they notified the White House, the White House would direct them not to interview Flynn. He, Strzok, wanted to proceed with the interview under this pretext. The FBI officials told Strzok and Page that, quote, if we usually tell the White House, we should do what we normally do. So there was some sanity of people at the FBI telling Strzok, Page, and Comey that they should follow the usual procedures and practices and notify the White House. But Comey, a law unto himself, decided that they would not notify the Department of Justice. They would not notify the White House. And remember that video we discussed about two weeks ago of Comey being interviewed by Nicole Wallace, where he said he, he sent two guys over. He was trying to take advantage of the chaos in the new administration, the transition from the Obama administration to the Trump administration. He was trying to see if he could get that interview in. My third point for you today is they misled Flynn and they withheld information. He believed that these two FBI agents and Andrew McCabe who called Flynn to set up the interview, he believed that they were good guys too. Now, Andy McCabe from the FBI called General Flynn to arrange it, and this is so slimy. He set it up as a sit-down, and he wanted to do it quickly, quietly, and discreetly. McCabe said that if Flynn wanted anybody else at the meeting, they would have to elevate the issue to the Department of Justice. Flynn said that he knew the contents of the call was available to them since he knew that the FBI listened to anything like that. Flynn was unguarded. He viewed the agents as allies. The two agents who interviewed him wrote that they didn't show him the transcripts of the call, they didn't give him any warnings, and Flynn, when they recorded what he said through their notes afterwards, he said that they said that Flynn just gave equivocal answers. Not really, I don't remember, and was just trying to participate in the conversation. 
This call in December of 2016 between General Flynn and Ambassador Kislyak concerned the sanctions that the Obama administration had put on Russia, and it apparently concerned the UN resolution against Israel that Obama, the Obama administration, was behind. And the question was posed to Flynn about what was contained in these calls. And as I said earlier, he said, well, you know what was in the calls. You, I know you guys listen to everything. Um, he characterized it. General Flynn characterized the call as being questioning, where do you stand? What's your position? And Flynn says that he did not believe that the calls would change anything. This was what he told the FBI agents when they interviewed him at the White House. Most importantly, after the interview, the FBI agents were debriefing and they expressed uncertainty as to whether General Flynn had lied. They said he had a sure demeanor and he did not give any indications of deception. The agents had the impression Flynn was not lying or he didn't think he was lying. And this is critical. When Comey was asked, James Comey was asked about this, when he was asked whether or not he thought that Flynn lied, Comey said, quote, I don't know. I think there is an argument to be made he lied. It's a close one, end quote. So what we ended up seeing is that after this intense pressure by the federal government, General Flynn decided to spare his family the financial burden and the threats against his son, prosecuting his son, and he decided that he would plead guilty to a single count of making false statements in violation of 18 U.S.C. 1001-A2. Now, when Flynn got new lawyers, and the new lawyers, Sidney Powell included, pushed strongly for disclosure and information that General Flynn was entitled to have under a specific order of the court that heard his case under general legal principles, new information was disclosed and General Flynn moved to withdraw his guilty plea. So that's a factual basis of the information that is covered in this amazing filing from last week. Tomorrow we'll go through the legal ar arguments and facts that come across in this filing. And I think it's just important to conclude today that our government is so powerful, especially the law enforcement arm of our federal government and the FBI. When people at the top entrusted with the public good and entrusted to uphold our constitution, when those people go rogue, Americans are hurt. And that also harms our confidence in our system of government. Those responsible for the victimization of General Flynn should be held to account and must be held to account. We'll pick this up again tomorrow with the legal aspects of this. Thank you so much for joining me today. Subscribe below, hit the bell, and please comment down below on what topics you would like me to cover next. Thanks for listening to The Gail Trotter Show, right in D.C. Be sure to sign up for her mailing list on her website, gailtrotter.com. And also, follow her on Twitter, at Gail Trotter, as well as on Facebook and Instagram. Subscribe now, it's easy. Thanks for listening. Share the truth. Share The Gail Trotter Show.